Welcome, friends, to Game Master's Studio, where we talk shop about running tabletop role-playing games. With us today is Jared and Ed, with your host, Jerry. Hello, and welcome to Game Master's Studio, where we'll be talking tabletop role-playing games, tips and tricks that you can use to help bring your game at home up to the next level. Today's topic, we'll be talking about in-character preparation, opportunities and ideas that you can use to help your players go into a situation with a little more awareness and hopefully a little more success. My name is Jerry, a.k.a. Frieden, host and moderator for the show today. With me in the studio is Jared, a.k.a. DMF, proprietor of Mad Doc Designs, creator of the World of Wrath, and semi-professional DM, and Ed. What is, what is this? What is on the script? What does this even mean? You know what? No, it's fine. We'll do it live. No, nope, we're doing it live. Damn it, we're doing it live! So today's topic, we are talking about in-character preparation. Um, this is a little bit more on the player side of the table because they would need to actually take the initiative to make sure that their characters in-game are prepared. However, as a DM, you should also be thinking about if they want to take these options, if they want to take these opportunities, you need to do the pregame prep to make sure that, that you're prepped so that when they do the in-game prep, that can actually happen and have an effect and impact on the game as it goes. You just, my brain just went in circles listening to you say that. Yeah, it's kind of a circular logic <laughs> thing in a way, but it's a case of you do your prep so that when they do their prep, you're prepped for them to do their prep. Got so it. Their prep actually means something rather than your players wasting their time doing nothing like they usually do. Sounds kind of preppy. Um, so we're going to start with talking about the setups, you yeah. know, setting up. Uh, it's important that not only you're prepared and you have your players ready for it, but also you should kind of be speaking to your players about if they're going to be doing research, you know, if they're going to be, setting out on preparations or are they just going to just yeah. walk off and wing it? So basically what we're talking about is you have an encounter set up and maybe your players know the basics. There's a fort and there's some orcs holding the fort and whether or not they decide to investigate what other people know, try to figure out clues about the fort, see if there's anything special there. Maybe you have some special encounters, but the players don't necessarily know that, but this is the opportunity to find out. And so what we're talking about is their own investigations and also as a GM, how you can sort of give them clues that maybe there might be something off a little bit with the fort. And I, I actually th I think we were almost talking like starting on an even a more basic like they find out that, hey, there's a structure we need you to clear out. Yeah. And then researching into it, they find out that, oh, it was once a fort and oh, orcs have taken it over, you know, and and build yeah. on that. I mean, that much information you might just give them. But right. yeah, there's, that's also true is there's this there's this old building. You know, we don't really know much about it, but it's down there and there's there's something there's our travelers get waylaid all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty generic stuff. Well, let's figure out what it is. Yeah. So um, as a DM, you should be providing the type of clues that make the players ask questions. You know, there's a four, there's a big building. Well, what type of what building is it? Why was there? Who made it? Who's there now? There are travelers getting waylaid. Well, what's going on? Are is it connected to this? You know, set up those open-ended questions that that the players want to look into and find the answers 
you know, that will lead them into doing this research. And then you are getting your players, you know, it's the, the yeah. acting in the manner that you want. We've talked a little bit previously about how you, how you react to your players is going to make them act in a manner how you want. And you just want to keep that cognizant as you move through. Yeah. And really the whole point of this is sometimes you want to catch your characters off guard, catch your players off guard, but sometimes you don't, you know, part of the whole point of being a team and being adventurers is finding out what the bad guys and the monsters are and what their motivations are and seeing how you can deal with them. Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe you have to raid the fort, but maybe not. Maybe you can appeal to them if you know something about them. And so this is giving you that opportunity to let them do some preparation. Okay, yeah, if they're traveling down the road and a couple of owlbears just pop out at them, there's nothing you can do there. But maybe this fort with these orcs are commanded by some, you know, priest of the stone and they have an earth elemental. You're not going to tell the players that. And if they show up and try to take these orcs out, there's an earth elemental on their side. That they might not be ready for. That they might not be ready for. But this gives that opportunity so when they do the preparation, they do their due diligence, they get a payoff for it. They get a reward, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later right. after, beyond that. But that's sort of the whole concept and and why you would want to do sort of what we're going to be talking about today. And you could also have, you know, perhaps the these orcs are normally nomads and they're just kind of stuck in the fort for now because they don't really have good travel opportunities so instead the players go and negotiate with them for the sale of a herd of horses so that the orcs would be much happier you know riding off into the plains to do to take their nomadic ways and now you've completely averted having to risk lives going in to try to fight them you've now reached a solution that you wouldn't have if you went in with swords swinging that's right when you said that when they're nomads that stopped at the fort the first thing came to mind was because winter is coming Winter huh? is always coming. Huh? Never going. Um, so you should be providing time for your players to, to talk, to get into it. And you also want to give them, um, talk to your players about taking those options. Yeah. Um, it's also important to provide them the time and the opportunity. If you say, princess has been kidnapped, you need to rescue her, go now. Right. Then they're not going to be able to do the prep. Right. Not going to be able to find out who maybe kidnapped her, where they would go, if it's a specific faction, what their goals would be. You know, it's lots of reasons to kidnap princesses, but uh, they can investigate the scene and maybe find out, oh, it was goblins, you know, but this, the, these specific goblins work for some hobgoblin king who wants to ransom the princess back to pay for more troops or something. So, so pushing and pressuring your characters or your player characters into directly addressing a situation without the opportunity for the research means that that's never going to happen. Yeah, they never find any of those things out, so they can't use that to their advantage. Now, you do also have the option of having the after uh, re the after adventure research. Yep. You know, the princess has been kidnapped by goblins. The players take out the goblins, save the princess, and now the question is floated by some member of the court well, the goblins have never been this ambitious. Why the change now? Mm -hmm. And that can kick off a whole campaign as your players try to unravel, you know, what's happening, you know, and then maybe they get, oh, well, now there's the connection to this, to this hobgoblin war chief. And now we go investigate the hobgoblin war chief and deal with that. Okay. He's now connected to a neighboring kingdom. 
Right. Well, are they trying to do some subterfuge for war? And then, you know, everything starts growing and snowballing off of that. So there's, there's, there's a lot of different uses and options that you can do to set them up for having the, um, for having this research, taking the opportunity. Um, we did have quite a bit of discussion on what actually constitutes preparation on the part of the characters. Yeah. Um, and it's very common to see groups of PCs that just wing it. They don't do any preparation. So DMs might not realize the different options that they have available that they present to the PCs. Right. Not every option is going to be applicable in every situation. Yeah. But there's a lot more than just, you know, finding out what's the what's the name of the orcs or whatever. There's a lot of different options, different cases that we came up with. Uh, yeah, you can uh, I mean, you can go with the old standby of, you know, the the local sage. You can, you know, the old wise man, the hermit in the cave somewhere that might know something about, you know, what you're going to be up against. You can always go to the the library or some sort of, you know, area where they can find an old book or tome. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe there's a mini adventure, depending on what kind of time frame they're on, where they have to go find, you know, some ancient tome to find out about this, you know, to, so they can find a, an entrance into this ancient secret layer. Or maybe it's a hidden city kind of thing, you know, like. Well, in order to even find the hidden city, because it's a hidden city, we have to find this ancient map somewhere in this other place. So then you have to do the research there to find this, you know, to do the research, to find the thing, to get the research, to get the map, so you can then get to the hidden city. Uh, of course, you can always go with, you know, like in, uh, informants, you know, like maybe you hire out the local thieves guild to do some spying on somebody, depending on what's going on. Or maybe there's some half orc in the village who's actually sort of from that tribe or has encountered them before. So it can give you a little information yeah. acquaintances, family, friend, you know, like informant, like there's lots of different ways to go with the, down the quote unquote informant route. Um, of course there's always magic divination, that sort of thing. you know, if you're playing in, you know, fantasy or magic style uh, games, I'd actually like to say something on, uh, what you had mentioned there where you were talking about, depending on the time frame. Yeah. Uh, I think you have both the cases where we have all the time in the world. Let's do all the research. Mm -hmm. But even when there's a case of, you know, there is a deadline that we're racing against that can turn the quest for information into an exciting race. Right. Like we need to find the hidden city and we need to find it before the next new moon mm -hmm. because we don't know where it is, but we know that the doorway only reveals itself every, you know, year on, on the equinox, which is going to be happening here, so we need to make sure that we find it in time. Yeah, I think most of the time you'll probably want to find some kind of happy medium, like where there is a little bit of a time frame, but you're not rushing the players, like right. you said. You want to make sure that they feel like they have enough time to do the research, to, you know, to go down some of these avenues. Yeah. But, you know, there are definitely going to be situations where you want to say, okay, we have all the time in the world, let's do it right. Right. And there are going to be times where you're going to be like, you have one week to prep for this, so hurry up. And, you know, other things you can sort of throw at your players to try to make them at least look into or research things is like the name of the dungeon they're going to go to. Maybe it's the Stone Fang Keep or something along those lines. All right. Well, does anyone in town know anything about this keep? Is there a secret way in? Is there like a special trick to it? Is there a way that we can use the, the keep to its advantage and sneak in? Or is there specific dangers we should be looking out for? Um, also, you know, the name of the tribe, when we were talking about this in the pre-show, I think you said like the Stonefist tribe of orcs or something like that. Yep. Okay. What are they known for? Do they wear like special stone armor or like 
Like, are they all like monks essentially? Or like what's going on with these guys? You know, um, in that way, maybe they can find out. Yeah, they, they like to employ earth elementals. Oh, we better be prepared for that because that's going to suck. You know, instead of just going in there, just assuming, oh, there'll be a bunch of orcs and maybe a couple tougher orcs and one even tougher orc. And this also helps uh, helps players share the spotlight mm -hmm. because you'll have some of your your social characters will be getting a chance to do some stuff. Some of your your more intellectual characters um, really um, of the of the D&D &D big four, the, the fighter, wizard, cleric, thief. The fighter might not get as much chance to shine for information. I think that this is also, I mean, I think it's where they all actually have equal opportunities just down different avenues. Yeah. And on that set note, it's actually the perfect opportunity to actually split the party. Yes. So you have this situation where, okay, we have a week to prep before we're actually leaving to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. The thief can be the person that is going to do like, I have informants. I have underground contacts. The wizard is going to be, I'm going to hit the books. The cleric is going to be, I'm going to go pray and, or I have social networks via the church, or I'm in tight with the King because I've given him some aid or I've, I saved this one dude's life down the road sometimes. So you have a lot of different options on the cleric. And then the fighter is going to be the guy like, I'm going to go intimidate this dude. I'm going to go interrogate this guy, you know, the big brute, like, uh, I, you know, or maybe he's got, you know, he's, so he has, you know, some avenues too. again, just thinking like your atypical dumb, big, dumb brute, he can still go shake down some people for some information. Yeah. Or maybe he just has like other fighter contacts, like right, military, yeah. Yeah, military or, background or guards, or maybe there's like some bouncer at a, a club that he knows, you know, cause they, you know, they did some fightery stuff together way back in the day. So oh, I'm going to go see if this guy knows anything, you know, local or, fighters guild or, you know, even a case of like if they find out, oh, there's a fort, there's a hidden tunnel in, you know, the fighter, if, if he's not doing anything else, well, I can go make sure that we've got, you know, appropriate lamps and possibly mining equipment if we have to deal with a cave in and just the, the splunking equipment that would be needed to take that alternate route. You can. They can still get something to do while everybody else's time is okay. I need to be reading books or talking to people. Yeah. Cause there's usually quite a bit of prep that needs to be done. That doesn't necessarily need a specific person doing it. Yeah. I'd say consider each of your players based on class background and personality and sort of think of like what they might be able to find out about this. Yeah. And that comes in part to the, what we were talking about with the, the GM prepping it. Like, it could just seem like a random encounter of orcs in a fort, but you might have three or four or five different, you know, uh, hints about the fort that these people can figure out, you know, maybe the name of the orcs, the name of the fort, where the secret locations are, you know, if they employ like special style monsters, if they have a special fighting strategy, those sorts of things are all things that you could just be like, sort of just put it on a list and then that way they're able to keep the information gathering going when they do that. And and if your players don't care and they just want to charge in, then they just have an they just yeah. have an encounter with with some orcs, you know, maybe get surprised by a uh, elemental yeah. showing up or whatever, but yeah. if they take the time and we'll be talking about the payoff later, they get that reward of like, hey, we did something and it made a difference. Exactly. And as a GM, you can just you can just sort of answer those like what are what are five interesting things they could find out about this encounter if they look into it. And all you do is you just like write write down five sentences. 
you know, these are the interesting things. If they never look into it, eh, okay, well, you can keep those five if you want, or just have them go up against, you know, these strange orcs, and, uh, you know, they weren't prepared for it, so it catches them off guard a bit. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, five is a good number. I would say, like, one per PC, so to speak, so... yeah. Yeah. So you can spread out the. Uh, so you can be like, okay, you know, you know, the wizard finds X in his book, the thief finds Y through his contacts, you know, et cetera, so on, you know. So everyone can come back, you know, if, assuming everyone splits ways and goes down their own avenues, they can all come back and like, I found out this, well, I found out that, well, I found out this, and I found out, and maybe some of them also find out the other stuff, so they're kind of confirming mm-hmm. each other's knowledge. But it'd be nice for each of them to have one original piece, so like, you know, it, it encourages them to more often to go down their own separate avenues instead of like, you know, the wizard found out everything that I found out. So we'll just have him do all the research all the time. Right. And then the other thing I was going to comment real quick would be on the topic of like, maybe they want to just run in and do it and that's fine. You know, and if that's what they want to do, but if you want to try to condition them to want to do research or think it might be a good idea in the future, again, like, you know, we've mentioned conditioning your players. You kind of have to, you know, train them. If that's something that they're not already doing, they don't instinctively do it, but you want them to do it, then have there be some sort of, not I wouldn't say necessarily consequences, but have there be something like the fight was a little bit harder than it needed to be. Mm -hmm. Or they knowingly found out later on that they missed out on some treasure opportunities. Again, we'll get into like, you know, like the reward and the payoffs later, but you know, because they didn't do research, they missed out on some opportunities. The fight was much harder than it needed to be and make it apparent to them that like, man, if we'd only known what we were getting into, that could have been a lot easier. I think that's sort of more of a hindsight thing. Like you let them, if they just want to charge in, let them do the encounter. Right. This is a fort. So it's a fortified position guarded by enough orcs for it to be a problem and you've already decided that there's going to be at least one earth elemental mm-hmm. and probably a, an orc priest high enough level to, to summon the earth elemental so so those are part of what you have in there so when these player characters you know not assuming they're way too high level for this encounter try to get in this i mean they might try to go over wall obviously they're gonna try to go over walls and whatnot they might try to look for secret tunnels but because they didn't research them first they might not be able to find any now they have to go try to fight their way into a fortified defensible position with at least a couple high level encounters along the way and probably everything in the fort knowing they're they're under attack so you have to take on everything at once that is a rough encounter even if you're using just standard run-of-the-mill orcs you know, this uh, 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 a standard sort of orc priest in like one elemental. And these guys are, I mean, even if you guys are level 10, that's going to be a rough encounter, depending on how many orcs you have. Yeah. And as, yeah. as the players are appropriate, appropriately prepared, you know, they know that, okay, there's right. going to be an earth elemental. So the wizard makes sure that he preps Thunderwave and the cleric makes sure they have Shatter on their list. And we've got the melee fighters, make sure they've got, they're bringing their magic weapons with them because they're going to need that. Right. Um, you were also saying, like, looking around the fort, like, it could be difficult to find the secret tunnel. Well, the difference could be the, the party that doesn't do the research looks all around and can't find any. The party that does the research knows that, okay, in the hill on the southwest corner of the fort, there's a false rock that you can move aside that leads right. to the tunnel in there. So now they might not know exactly where it is, but they know where they need to look. And they know what they're looking for. Yeah, they make exactly. a search check with and a low it, DC, and boom, and, they find it. Yeah. Whereas the party that doesn't do the research, uh, 
you're just kind of searching everywhere around. That's going to be an insanely high difficulty. Exactly. And if they do end up defeating the orcs, you know, and they've all got like one or two hit points left, all their spells are gone, that sort of thing. Then when they search the fort, yeah, okay, they do find a secret passage that leads out. And when they say, well, we looked around, you know, as a GM, you can say, well, you didn't really know anything about this fort, so you didn't really know where to look. So the DC was really high. Yeah. You know? And that's sort of one of those things you can like, again, in hindsight, you know, they're at like a hit point each and, you know, they're they're dead and whatnot, you know, or half dead and whatnot. And they look at you like, man, that was tough. It's like, yeah, you guys did go in a little unprepared, but you, you did all right. Well, yeah, that would be exactly how you condition them. I mean, it would have to be a hindsight thing. Yeah. They'd have to put them through the ringer to get exactly. them conditioned. And, you know, it's going to, you know, it's obviously one of those situations where like the four analogy is an easy one to know where like, well, obviously it's going to be a tough fight, but you know, you, there's lots of different, you know, it could right. be just running into a, you know, a small cave where there being a bunch of goblins. Well, let's make it a little bit more difficult than it really, your average might, you know, uh, encounter might be because they didn't do the research. Again, if you're trying to condition them yeah. also, if it's a random or maybe not a random encounter, but a small encounter that you didn't really plan on there being a lot of special stuff around, but they do decide to do the research because you're st- they're starting to go down that path that you're conditioning them towards. Make sure to throw some extra perks their way to give them a tactical advantage or to give them some sort of yeah. reward, which we're, again, we're going to get into a little bit more into, but you know, give them some perks, some edge, some information and end up, you know, tweaking that and making it like it would have been a more difficult encounter than you originally planned had they not researched it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and pay them off, you know, at a game in that respect, you know, like make sure to reward them for their efforts. Agreed. And I also think that um, one one sort of caveat to all this is have the special monster that they could figure out is there. Um, because a lot of times when you're just using humanoids, so like humans or goblins or hobgoblins, you can give them levels and I suppose if you say like war chief this and they do the research, they realize, wow, this guy's a, you know, this guy's a badass. You know, look at all the things that he's done. That's sort of a clue to say he's probably got some levels, guys. He's probably really tough, you know, uh, but it is easier with monsters. You can say, yeah, they got a couple trolls there. And all of a sudden everyone knows, oh, this can be rough. You know, this is not going to be a fun fight. You know, especially if you're looking at like a third or fourth or fifth of the group. They're like, oh, man. Well, a get, couple trolls. <laughs> well, get the alchemist fire, give it some acid. Yep. And, that, and that's actually, there's another good point of that's right. How research makes it easier. Yep. If you go rushing in and you're like, Oh, surprise trolls. It's going to be a different, very different fight than like, okay, there are trolls ahead. Everybody be ready. Yeah, exactly. And also even if like, okay, well we did, we didn't do any research cause we knew we were running into a group of trolls cause that's who kidnapped the princess. For example, right. these trolls are the troll kind of trolls that we talked about before where you're changing things up. We're like, these guys are actually resistant to fire, right. not weak against fire. Like had you done your research, you would have known like the thing you needed to bring was thunder and lightning damage. Yep. Cause these are some weird trom um, like ho- troll offshoots that you've never dealt with before. Yeah. So you were ill prepared. So you keep throwing fire and acid at them, but ha ha ha. Not only do that, does that not, stop the regeneration but they're resistant to it on top of that it's going to make it an insanely tough fight because yeah. they're going to have to randomly figure out the thunder and lightning you know or the things to hurt use against them during the fight um you actually remind me of something that I, th- I had thought of earlier um well i mean it's important to have a payoff if people do the re- if they do the research and they get all this and either their information turns out to be bad then the orcs never summoned an earth elemental or completely unnecessary then they're not going to want to keep researching 
Right. So you you want to have that research, that preparation pay off. You know, make things easier. Make the players look at it in retrospect and be like, hey, we're really glad that we put the work in because this was a lot easier than it could have been. Yeah, other payoffs would be like actual rewards. So, I mean, obviously there's yes. a huge tactical advantage of, you know, knowing your, your enemy, knowing the location, having advantages, you know, for the fight. But then the other thing would be, you know, again, like, and this is a good way to help condition your players down the road is having there be special treasure, magic items, or some sort of like monetary or, you know, reward other than just being able to, quick, you know, quickly or more easily, you know, win the day. Cool. So, you know, maybe the, the big orc boss, you know, is, you know, renowned for having stolen like this giant blood ruby somewhere and, you know, he doesn't actually have it on his person. So if they beat him up and, you know, and win without having done the research, they would just leave and they'd never know. But if they do the research and they find out that this guy's famous for stealing this big giant blood ruby, they can interrogate him or question him before killing him and or, or whatever, you know what I mean? And they can get the information to find out where he hid this giant blood ruby, and then they boom, they have this huge monetary reward that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. And if they don't do the research, then again, you can take that opportunity to condition your players of they find out after the fact. Oh, you beat, you know, Grod the 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 human slayer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you get his blood um his giant blood ruby? What? Oh yeah, didn't you hear a couple months ago he stole it from the king and blah 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 blah. And ah oh, crap. Right. <laughs> I mean, even just is for the players. To just know enough to be looking for, oh, well, we need to search for this. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I had the idea while well, you were talking of somebody talks to the guards and they're like, oh, the orcs took over the South Fort. Well, I hope they don't find this secret armory that we had stashed. There might still be some gear in there exactly. where we hit all the best stuff. And the orcs haven't found it. So the players don't track it down unless they know to look for it. Exactly. Oh yeah, you you go to the west corridor and there's a there's a there's a torch skull and you pull on the skull and it will open up a door and then you'll be able that that's access to the armory. Yep. And that way you have you know and it could be obviously treasure or it could be magical items or maybe some gear that can help the down the line. You know, health potions are always a fun thing to give players. You know, every no, no one ever has enough. It seems like. Um, so these are things that you can put in the secret location that you only know exists because your players did their research. And there are prestige or other bonuses. You know, maybe the armory has a secret tunnel that allows them to bypass the orc barracks and go directly after the chieftain. Or maybe there is a couple of guards that were in the fort when the orcs invaded and they locked themselves in the armory because they don't know how to deal with this. And now you've just rescued them and become the big heroes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I would definitely say if your characters aren't doing the preparation and you're setting these things up, just like Jared said, have them learn about it afterwards. Like maybe they come back to the town near the fort where you were hired and all of a sudden you notice that their entire guard unit or they have an elite guard unit decked out in like, awesome full plate you're like how'd you get that and it's like well there was you know 10 sets of full plate down in that fort that you guys uh rescued for us so thanks for that now our guards are really well protected and the players are going no dang it we could have had all that you know i'm only 100 gold short from buying my own set of full plate <laughs> right. so there's, there's there's definitely some options there uh for rewarding your players um and now we'll take a few minutes um even though we're starting to Starting to start looking at the clock a little bit, but we still have time to take a few minutes to talk about the options that players have in game 
Um, not we which we discussed a little bit, but a little more just yeah. as players, like what could we do um, just so that you can pass that along and be prepared. Right. Um, Jared talked a little bit earlier about different forms of research, sages, libraries, divinations, yeah. doing social. Um, there could also be players could be looking to get specific gear to assist them. Right. Um, actually, which I kind of mentioned with the, the fighter getting the equipment that they need to go through the tunnel. Or maybe they find out that, oh, this dungeon is half flooded. So we need to get, you know, potions of water breathing and we should probably make sure that we have light armor so we're not being dragged down by the currents. Um, lots of different options there. They could start looking into possibilities of maybe can we get backup? You know, if this is something like we need you to take the fort, we can take the fort, but it's going to be a siege. Can we get some troops to help us out? Right. Yeah. Hiring some mercs. Yep. Yep. Um, other options for for players in game to prepare, uh, they might be able to just give I mean, us suggestions. I'm going. I'm thinking travel. Like you know, maybe yeah. they want to rent out some horses or some mounts if they don't already have some, depending on their level. Maybe some wagons for the extra gear they might and or rations, depending on how long a trip you're talking about. Yeah. Like if they're traveling across the country, they're gonna want you know a stagecoach and some wagons and you know friggin'. If we're going to go clear out a dragon sword, I want to get like a cart mm-hmm. because I don't think I'll be able to haul all that back myself. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not just getting there, but yeah, like you said, getting back, you know, am I going to have room for all the treasure or, you know, one of those like, okay, again, I'm, cra- I'm crossing the country. I'm going to be going through a desert and then a friggin' Arctic tundra after that. I'm going to need to make sure I have a variety of different gear for getting through these different environments. I'm going to want to dress light here, but dress heavy there. Yeah. And, you know, which we talked about, you know, some player versus environment last week. Yeah. I personally think the nice thing about going down this, you know, this road of encouraging players to do the research and use the divining magic and using all these resources available to them to be ready for the fights. The fun side, in my opinion, um, as the GM or, you know, is not just, you know, having to do the prep work because, you know, that, that can be just bookkeeping. But I think the fun side is the fact that now all of a sudden I can start upping my game with my combats. Right. I can push towards the deadly encounter, but then they can have some tactical advantages that make it an easier encounter for them. Right. So it's not just, okay, there are a bunch of fifth level dudes. Let me throw, you know, this horde of like really crappy pushover knolls at them so I don't accidentally kill them. It's... Hey, um, let's put together this friggin', you know, established strategic war band that's, you know, renowned for being able to hold down these forts, put them in a fort and just like this situation. They're like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to be able to do this. Let's do some research. Let's look into this. Let's use some divine magic. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, we have some ideas. We have some, you know, some we know we got some info. And yeah. make sure you're, you're paying off there because they're not first is they get the information. Then they have to put a plan into place. So make sure that you're paying close attention and you're listening at the table as the GM to the plan that they're putting into place. If you feel that it's flawed, feel free to give some out-of-game feedback on that because you want to make sure that they're correctly utilizing some of this information. And yes, they can learn from failure, but you want to be able to, again, have this more on the deadly side kind of encounter that they're able to come out on top of easily or maybe not easily, but you know, without the detriment that they normally would have because they have this information so feel free to give some feedback at the table. Okay, yeah, there's kegs of powder in this room. What if we just shot a flaming arrow into this room and ignited this room up? Then we don't have to worry about, like, the 50 guards that are in there because they're right. just all going to blow up. Right. 
okay, cool, great, boom. There's 50 dudes we don't have to fight anymore. We just shoot one boom arrow and done. <laughs> All because they did the research to figure out that there was some barrels yeah. in there and what was inside of them. Right, yeah, and there are barrels marked water that are actually full of TNT. <laughs> right. And also, when you're, when you're correcting those flaws as an, as an out-of-game, the DM can simply be like, oh, well, when I said x i meant that also y so your character would be aware of that mm -hmm. i'm sorry that i didn't tell you right mm -hmm. yeah um so that they can go oh okay that that makes sense that we'd know about that yeah and i do that kind of stuff all the time you know as a dm like well this is kind of what's going on like you know out of game like you know play person to person not even like dm to player but just like well this is the information you have yeah. You might want to think this or, again, maybe I didn't correctly articulate or this sort of thing or or, you know, like uh, reminders of like, well, you do have this spell in this situation or you do have these actions available to you. Just like little subtle reminders to my players, like let's remember all the actions you have. You can always dodge if you don't want to do anything, you know, in right. this combat or you uh -huh. can you can dash or you do have some bonus action spells you could be using. Yeah. And, you know, so it's well, I think it's OK. And again, this is just my opinion, but I think it's OK to remind players of things that are available to them it's also okay to remind them of the information that you've given them that is quote-unquote available to them during their their plan making yeah right. I, I have fighters in my game that until they use their action surge at the end of whatever one of their turns I'm like okay is there anything else you want to do yeah so sometimes they pick up on what i'm saying sometimes yeah i was going to say the the important thing is that at the end of the day, when they have their plan in place, it's effective to some degree. Exactly. Because otherwise they just, like Jerry said earlier, they've jumped through all these hoops for nothing. And you got to make exactly. sure that you're rewarding them for all the effort and work that they've put in. And you want them to survive this encounter, no matter how easy or deadly it's supposed to be. It should be easier than it was supposed to be without the information. Exactly. So. So if they, if they try to barrel towards that door and never try to blow up the wall, then, and all their dudes die then they're going to be upset and they're not going to worry about the preparation ever again because it didn't help them. But if, you know, if you can just give them that nudge and they say, yeah, let's do that too. And that's what wins. Then at least that they knew what they were doing and they put a plan in place to, to, to try to blow that up and, and, and whatnot. This so. is, this all kind of comes down to, it's a case of you want to empower your players. And as has been said, knowledge is power. Yeah. So thank you for joining us today. We're, if you want to get back in touch with us, give us any of your thoughts on player preparation, ideas, clues, and other options that you can do, definitely feel free to get in touch. We love to talk to people about gaming. It's something that we do, very passionate. Feel free to contact us on Facebook, like, comment, and subscribe. We are available on Twitter at GMS Studios. We are available on Patreon, patreon.com slash Game Master Studio. You can... Uh, subscribe and support us as well as getting access to exclusive uh, content and some early access stuff that we are putting up. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we also have our YouTube channel, the Darkhound series, which you get to see us running a campaign using some of the tips and tricks we talk about. It is set as a 360 VR experience. So it's as if you're sitting at the table with us while we're playing. And of course, we are back here every week with new material. So stop in next time that we're in the studio.